Hello everyone out there and the interweb. We are excited to be back with you on the Infinite Possibilities podcast for our second episode. And as always, I'm here with Patrick Willis. Hello, Patrick. I'm Mike. How are you today? Doing great. I'm excited to follow up on the the first podcast. Uh, It was really fun to get to to hear about this really interesting thing you put together with the seven arenas of possibilities but also to hear some of the feedback. I mean, what have you heard about um, that first podcast? Any, well, I, have, I have. I've had some, some people reach out about it, and, and they really enjoyed the podcast. They enjoyed the information that we were able to share. And uh, I had folks that have taken notes, and, and I would love to follow up with those individuals uh, with that. So it, yeah. it's, it's, it's really good. I, I think it provided the information I wanted to see. A lot of the clients I've worked with, over the past uh, quarter century, have uh, these are a lot of the things that we have, have learned and talked about over the years. It's been great. Well, good. I, I, I love talking about it. And again, with my experience in schools, getting to hear about how you've uh, envisioned these arenas and how we can really, as nonprofit organizations, really think about strategic ways that we can enter those arenas every day, but also strategically down the road, be prepared for the things that may come. It, it really is exciting to me. So, great. so, so um, when I think about this seven arenas, last time we talked about fundraising, obviously one that has been a big part of your work over the years. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to jump into another arena today. What, what should we jump in today? Well, I tell you, one of the things I get a lot of questions on, a lot of people want to know uh, how their boards are doing, how their boards interact with their staff, how their nonprofit organizations function. And so obviously that's yeah. governance. Yeah. So that's, that is, and then the, the, the listing we have, we've kind of listed them in seven arenas, and this mm-hmm. is kind of the first arena out okay. of the gate. When you, when you look at the, uh, the way we have it diagrammed out, it's not necessarily in any particular order, right? Yes. But it's just a, a, a real prominent feature of nonprofit organizations that they really need to pay closest attention to in the arenas is, is how their governance structure is. Yeah, I, I think there's probably nothing more important and certainly fundamentally at the core of what nonprofits are about to think about how they're governed and how they begin, how they maintain, how they build on that down the road. So I'm excited about today's episode and I know everyone else will be. So let's just jump right on in. So let's go into the arena of um, governance and tell me a little bit about how do you help people understand the core elements of being a high functioning nonprofit in the area of governance? Well, this is the way I like to kind of break it down. We there are if you were to just Google governance nonprofit, you could be reading from now until who knows when, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's so much information. Governance is like drinking from a fire hose, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I have have found that's helpful to me, and I want to explain things and I want to talk about things as if I were trying to explain it to myself, mm-hmm. right? So I yeah. could get it. If I right. were looking at what questions would I ask yeah. if I wanted to know some information. Sure. So it's really kind of three areas, three pillars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you kind of okay. put them in those things, because the governance really is the foundation. And so these are pillars that your organization is built on. That's why I like to do it. So awesome. with the fiduciary responsibility of board members, mm-hmm the strategic responsibility of board members, and then the generative mm-hmm. responsibility of board members. Yeah. It's a great new word. I, I like, I like that word a lot. So I do too. It's a I, good word. It's a Mike Cobb kind of a word. I think I do. I like it a lot. And I like the idea that you really are helping nonprofits understand that there are multiple roles and multiple supports that governance gives. It's not just, hey, we write some bylaws 
and sure. then we're off, right? Now, exactly. now there's a lot more that goes into not only creating but maintaining an effective governance that really will create the continuity that organizations need so much. So, so let, let's jump yeah. in though, because I'm, I'm dying to hear. Well, Tell me a little bit about the first pillar there. So in the fiduciary responsibility of board members, you know, you really are looking at budgeting, their mm -hmm. oversight, all right? Uh, your annual budget on a yearly basis, and then what long-term goals that the organization has for your financial mm -hmm. uh, responsibilities, that you, you know, you, the, the growth pattern that you're going to put into. Yeah. Um, your auditing functioning uh, is important. Your legal responsibility is important, and conflict of interest and confidentiality, mm -hmm. I think, are really really kind of core tenets yes. of what that pillar of fiduciary responsibility means. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. In, in my... Um, uh, experience with uh, board members uh, this is one that I think most people feel like they understand but they're most anxious about what's it really mean to have fiduciary responsibility for an organization so I think it's it's great that you're able to break it down and let them understand what are those expectations in each area that really would make the organization be one in a good place but also be steady down the road Absolutely, and I think I think one of the things that organizations really, uh, when they pay attention to that as as an understanding that they are really responsible, they're liable for the organization, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It is a, and that's why one of the you know kind of a, at a a ten thousand checklist, mm -hmm. uh, ten thousand feet checklist, you want to make sure you have directors, officers, insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Because those board members are liable that's if right. if the organization makes some. Uh, unfortunate decisions mm -hmm. uh, and it really affects it negatively, that board member's on the line, you yes, know, it, it, right. financial decisions, right? Absolutely. So you really want to be careful uh, in understanding your role and, right. and, and, and being a good steward of donors' money, mm -hmm. in the, just extrapolate from the fundraising side, in your budgeting, you're spending other people's contributions, right? right? I mean, That's other people's right. money. That's right. And that they have entrusted with you as an organization, you as a board and the staff, to, to right. make that uh, you know happen and for the good, organization. Be and be good stewards. That's right. Absolutely. Well, and, and I, again, I think that hearing how you break this down for folks that are really needing to get into this, it, it really um, it matters to everyone. I mean, whether you're a brand new organization and you're trying to decide what are those things that should be in place in the area of fiduciary responsibilities, or if you're an organization that's been around for a while, there are always things you can do to shore that up more and to be more effective. So Absolutely. Uh, I, I think, again, uh, that, that one is, uh, again, a huge one for me, I think, as I think about when I would bring trustees on, they would sometimes love the idea of the other parts but really have lots of questions. So I can see in board training this being a really valuable pillar to talk about. It, it, it is, and a lot of times when I do board trainings with organizations and roles and responsibilities of expectations of board members, then that's one of the ones that really I, I really want them to understand mm -hmm. what they're signing up to do because yeah. it is an inherent responsibility of, of mm -hmm. a board member right. to take care of the fiduciary responsibility, yeah. and you know, and that that plays along not just with your annual or even long term goals, but even in the auditing process, mm -hmm. you know, you may as a, as a director be the furthest thing from an accountant, right? right? Or right. the furthest thing from yep. understanding the financial or treasury yep. uh, part mm -hmm. of your organization, but you have to know what, what checklists are in place yes. as a director. What questions are you asking? Right. Who audits your mm -hmm. statements? Is the 990 filed appropriately? Yes. You know, is, is the person who is your treasurer representing an accounting firm, for instance, 
that and then the who's doing the audit is that another accounting firm right. because you want the checks and balances that's just one example exactly oftentimes it's you know it's it's great when organizations can get accountants bankers mm-hmm. uh, financial investors financial advisors that can be treasure treasurers for organizations because they have s- uh, uh, that knowledge that's their that's, that's right. their skill set that's right. right and they can help you through yes. the processes of asking things you don't even need to know that's right you, you want to know but not every organization is blessed to have that either. So True. it's it's great to be able to have a, a way to have a checklist to know what questions we should ask. And if yes. we don't know how to ask them, then they have someone like you that can have guide them through that process to get to those right answers. Absolutely. So, and I, I appreciate being able to do that for organizations because I know the value of the transparency that that brings. Mm-hmm. And it, it assures donors, you know, and again, I've had 25 years of this, of this work but it's mainly been in the raising funds yes. or t- training how to raise money. Yes. The donor's comfortability with that organization right. is really, it makes a lot of difference when they understand sure. that it's, it's being modeled in that way. That's right. So, yeah. But uh, separate and apart, I guess, from the money, the next real function uh, tenant of the fiduciary is understanding the legal responsibilities of the organization. Mm-hmm. Yep. The ins and outs of what that looks like, uh, how the organization is uh, governing its uh, staff, how all of that information right, is absolutely. apparent. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, let's jump over to the, the next pillar uh, in our governance section. What, what does that look like and how do you guide people through this next pillar? So th- this is the area that's really looking at being strategic for the mm-hmm. organization. Okay. So I like to use the uh, airplane analogy, right? Yes. Um, uh, where an organization's board of directors is really looking at a 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. The staff are in a level sometimes when you're flying a plane at the 10,000-foot view because that's right. getting the work done. Mm-hmm. And there's a very distinct difference between boards of directors and the staff and the roles they play. That's right. And so one of the key roles that the board trainings I like to do involve understanding directors to, for directors to understand their mm-hmm. role yeah. versus the role of the staff right. what's appropriate crossover what's not appropriate crossover that's right. how you can really manage that and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a core part of it so the mission core values and vision an organization has are strategic parts that the board needs to understand they need to be able to really realize what they do that's mm-hmm. the mission mm-hmm. right the core values how they do it yeah. Uh, how it's interpreted, and then the vision is the greater why they do what they do. Yeah. And that's that sort of, again, takes in a lot of the work I love from Simon Sinek, but really kind of molds into taking that one step further to understand and, and apply those each those levels yeah. uh, in a strategic yeah. way. Awesome. Well, and I think when you think of a board and the, the way a board interacts with a, an effective leadership team and a staff is that they are able to actually really solidify and to cast that that view and what it looks like, what it sounds like, so that the staff knows what that target is for that, yes. that idea of the mission, the core values, and the vision. And uh, I, I love when I see, uh, again, and I've seen some of the stuff you've done with boards where you really walk them through that whole process where they understand their why, their how, their what, but also they, they understand how they can actually explain that, how they can talk about what it sounds like, looks like, feels like. Absolutely, right? the why chart. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it really makes a difference in order to for them because it gives them vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It gives a common vocabulary, it gives right. a common language yes. around what they do as an organization and how they express it. That's huge. Yeah. And it is, it mm-hmm. is. When everybody's on the same page, it, it yeah. makes such a difference. 
Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, trustee uh, board of directors cultivations and trainings mm -hmm. are an important part of the strategic and then strategic planning, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the seven arenas of, of infinite possibilities as a nonprofit uh, learning series, nonprofit management learning series is really designed to be an organization's optimal strategic plan, right? right? Because if these seven arenas aren't, you're not functioning properly in all those arenas, mm -hmm. your organization's not. And so this gives an opportunity to really do, or at least that planning process um, for organizations gives them an ability to do a deep dive in each yeah. of those seven arenas, which is, you know, you've done a lot of strategic planning Absolutely. in your time for yes. some, some wonderful schools and you understand in that environment, especially the importance. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and I love that you talk about strategic planning here and, and it's a dynamic process, right? That, that these arenas are important for you to be strategic, but also that you know, you need to be able to have a plan that will actually grow with you and will, will change and that you'll be able to keep doing the things that you want to do now, but also add things that you want to do in the future. And that's where that strategic part comes in to the planning side. So absolutely. And, you know, and I, I think we've all gotten to the point where used to there was, you know, uh, strategic planning and a, a short term plan and long term yes. planning. And there's really no right. long term planning I think that's kind of a myth now, that's right. right, in this day and age. Mm -hmm. I think you really have to do this uh, really on an annual basis yeah. if you really want to be as strategic as possible. And, and, and again, we'll, we'll talk about generative later, yes. but if you really want to be generative, right, yeah. you really need to be focusing on this on a mm -hmm. really definite time frame. Right. Would you yeah. agree? Oh, no, I, I think so much. Yeah, I remember, um, again, when I first got into the school business, we used to talk about um, our strategic plans for five years. And then we went to a three-year plan, that, and we called long-term planning five years. Yeah, yeah. And we just kept adding new things on, which became untenable, actually. Sure. And what we learned is that we needed to create strategic plans that were able to be dynamic, that were able to change over time. And yeah, we might be looking at a three-year window, but that window didn't expire, and then we create a new plan. It's like, no, then we kept adding on to that. That plan was being realized or iterated. And I think that makes more sense for organizations mm -hmm. now because we are in a, a rapidly changing world. Absolutely. And, and those plans uh, may need to be amended, and you don't want to create a plan and then need to amend it and have to throw the whole thing away because it just isn't able to be changed, right? Yes, so yes. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and so tell me a little bit more about strategic in the area of talking about really how the board itself, how they use the strategic visioning to be more effective? So one of the things I like to also talk to, to directors about and to their executive staff is the way the board is structured, right? Is your board structured in your officers and, your, and the terms of the mm -hmm. board? And how you're, is it all productive, right? Yes. And it's not a one size fits all. There's organizations that do use different titles. Some will use the term, they want to use a president term. Some will use chair term. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to really identify those, in my opinion, on yes. what makes sense for your organization and why you do what you do. I have a lot of thought processes around, and I, I like to give, to introduce those to boards about why I think. There should be some officer positions that definitely center around fundraising, definitely center around governance. That is a real strong uh, position for your organization. And that helps you and get good people in places and not because not have too many committee responsibilities. or Because yes. sometimes there's just not enough board members to go around. That's right. And people have to, Mike, they ask me all the time, what's the what's the best right. size for the board? Exactly. And I, and, it's and a I, magic number. It is, yeah. And, and I, I don't have the magic bullet theory, right? right. You know, yeah. there's there's no magic number right. for right. boards. It's, is your board 
functioning in the best possible way for your organization mm-hmm. and what does your committee structure look like what are your officer structures look like you know i mean are you do you have not enough people trying to fill too many roles right. and how let's consolidate that or or maybe you need more mm-hmm. and you know additional roles yeah. depending on the size and structure and complexity of your organization. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously, a major university is going to be very different than a nonprofit organization that is is just starting out. Yes, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. You and I have talked about this before. That you know, unfortunately, many nonprofits that get into some issues where maybe the board is not really as high level and really being able to be thinking down the road and really looking for the future of the organization is when they get too in the weeds, if you will. Absolutely. And sometimes yes. it's because their actual structure created that weed mentality for them because they didn't know how to structure the board committees that kept them strategic and mm-hmm. kept them looking down the road. And you, you again know that I have a deep feeling that really the leadership of a school, the director, or you know, in my case, the head of school, you know, should be the one looking at the dashboard and hands on the steering wheel every day and the board should be the one kind of looking down the road, maybe, you know, with their head out the window, yeah, saying, yeah. What, what's over the hill? And that we need to make sure that our, our structures and our organizations allow each of us in our roles to do our roles really well. And so I, I love when you talk about how you would create these certain committees. Every yes. organization, I think you agree, should have certain committees. Absolutely. But then depending on the organization's size and scope, maybe they have others, right? They, they do, and I think that also goes back to how you how you look at, you know, for instance, when your organization is structural, for instance, bylaws, mm-hmm. right, yes. or uh, policies, procedures, those kinds of things that the board needs to understand, the board needs to vote on, the board needs to have, you know, they set the pace mm-hmm. for those. That's yes. their responsibilities. And so looking at, the, you know, that's a... a I, th- I think an organization should look at their bylaws every year. Yes, man. I think they need to be reading through them. I think they need to be a part. But again, if you have a governance committee that yes. is a chair, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a vice chair of governance, yeah. for instance, then you, those things are always coming to the top right. of the of the of the pile. They're mm-hmm. looking for those kinds of, of mm-hmm. things to to be a, to to really focus on. Yeah. And those are focus centered ways, and that that just it continues to go back. To the process of being strategic. Yeah. Well, and and I've heard you talk about this, and I, I think this is really important for nonprofit leaders to hear is that our bylaws are not just our history; um, that they are True. what we created as an organization, and uh, they should be reviewed on an annual basis. And they can also be amended or changed if we need them to, right? And so we don't just want to look at them just as something that someone else did or were done in the past, but these are current tools that we use to do our job well and they're tools that have to be effective in the future as well every board member needs to read their bylaws Mm -hmm. for their organization they need to have an understanding of what those documents are because that is the governing factor and it's amazing how many people are operating really outside of their bylaws absolutely technically that's that's absolutely not the right way to be doing it right I was going to say that you know unfortunately I've seen it many many times where um, even in some organizations I'm working within we're doing something we decide we'll review the bylaws just to make sure and we're like "Uh oh we have not been operating because we at the time weren't doing annual reviews on that and I think if that is part of the the process if that is one of the roles the board takes very seriously it again it allows them to have these tools that are effective for today and better prepared for the future. Yes, yeah. yes. So, and, and it doesn't mean that you want to just, 
you know, it, it's not that you're just trying to create work to do or no. create change for the bylaws. If the bylaws are functioning, yeah. and your organization is use, are using them correctly as they were intended and written, that's fine. Absolutely. It's just a review. It's not a way to come in and, you Absolutely. know, and I don't go into organizations and say, let me see your bylaws and right. let me see what I can change in right. the organization. That's not my role, right? It's yeah. to help you ask the questions to say, are we doing this right? That's right. Is this how we were, they were written and are we Absolutely. carrying them out as yeah. they were intended? Yeah, so, um, and again, policies and procedures for the board to understand and then, and then the implementation of those on a staff level for their role. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get into the, the really doing a deep dive. I like to do with organizations to say, Hey, is this a board member's role mm-hmm. or is this a staff member's role or exactly. and, and helping them to understand you know, when so you, important when yeah. you come to the, to the executive director, head of school, mm-hmm. the chief executive officer, whatever that individual is, their responsibility is to run the staff. That's right. The board's responsibility is to work. You know, hire, fire, evaluate, support, and assist mm-hmm. the executive director yeah. or the CEO. That's right. In that, in that case, so yeah. that's just, sometimes that's a line that gets really blurred. I've, I've been in board meetings uh, where organizations will bring things. You know, really down from the thirty thousand oh, yeah. feet level, and I mean, we're talking even below the ten thousand level. They're yes. they're like, you're really in the weeds on this, and this is not this is not a way a board yes. needs to operate. You don't need to be talking about this at this level. Well, and, and if that happens with boards, unfortunately, then the role of looking down the road is not being filled by anyone, and that's when organizations uh, get in trouble when they have things that come upon them that they yes. didn't expect because no one was actually looking down the road. We were all looking at the, the weeds. We were all down into the day, right? But tomorrow is really the responsibility of the board, right? I mean, they should be looking at not only tomorrow, but tomorrow's tomorrow, right? They should definitely be looking mm-hmm. at, at, at that realm. And you, you don't want to wake up and see the iceberg dead ahead, That's right. right? Exactly. I mean, you, don't, you want to be able to have seen that That's coming. Right. Now, now, Patrick, be careful. We're going to do a Titanic uh, episode <laughs> on later. He okay. could talk about the Titanic okay. for hours. I, I will, we'll do a next podcast on that. On the Titanic next let's, time. Let's go to the, the third, uh, the third one here. Yes. Well, that's, that's the, the generative mindset mm. of, a, of a board and I, I loved your analogy because, uh, in addition to the things like the Titanic, I also love cars, yes. and all all shapes and, and models, mm-hmm. and and uh, but the dashboard is really important, right? Yes. And yeah. then the but looking beyond that, yeah. what is beyond the the road? What are we looking forward in the future? Mm-hmm. That's the generative. So visionary mindset is that is really a board's strongest function. Mm-hmm. What's a head mentality? We, we really have talked a little bit about that. Yes. What do we need to expect that we don't even know we need to expect? Right, right. That's, that's where a board should say, you know, we're grateful to be firing all cylinders. We've got a great staff, mm-hmm. a competent executive director. Yeah. And so our role is to make sure that we address needs that we can need to see coming. Yes, yeah, And, and I, I think it's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe... Um, you know, in the fact that again, when you when you're looking at a big picture or a blue sky, an organization can you know the board can really dream a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we want to see ourselves operational wise in several years? Yes. You know, you use a great phrase, and I love this when you worked mm-hmm. in schools that your board's responsibility is to the children's children's children. That's right. And I, I love it yes. when, you, when you've talked about that before because it's, mm-hmm. it's stuck with me in the sense that, that that's, 
that's what generative really means. Yes, that's you know, right. You, because if you're able to do that, you're mm-hmm. covering the board, the staff, you're covering your roles, that's and right. you're really able to anticipate and look forward to how you're going to serve yeah. future groups. And that big sky, that, that's just that's yes. the vision part. That's Well, and truly um, to a chance to be aspirational, you know, and I, I, I can tell you as someone who's been – in the role of being the CEO of an organization, being that person that is responsible for the day to day, I like to think of myself as a visionary, and I've mm-hmm. been called that a few times. But I will tell you, my most of my days, I wasn't ever asked to, "Hey, Mike, can you be a little more visionary right now?" I mean, <laughs> but I was very often asked to keep my hand on the wheel. Things that were going on were important, so it, it gave me comfort when I knew that I had trustees that were being visionary, that we were looking down the road and would bring ideas to me and help generate that in myself, right? And I think that is the role the board can do, that they offer that, and they should be able to look down the road even better at times than the person who is in the weeds, right, as their role should dictate. So Certainly. I think that's a super powerful thing, and I hope that every trustee hears that and everyone you get to work with will take that challenge to say that I I will be that generative big sky idea person yes. for the CEO or for the staff or the, the, the group that I'm working with. And I, you know, I, I think too, what I like to work when I work with organizations, especially with the chairs of boards or, and, and the uh, executive director or CEO mm-hmm. is that I want the CEO to realize that their board chair's role and the other members of their board is to really uh, create a, nur- a nurturing culture, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that promotes growth mm-hmm. and pro- promotes development. Yes. Not just of the organization, but of that individual as the CEO. Right. You know, it's often been said that a strong CEO will not stand for a weak board of directors, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And a weak, I mean, a strong board of directors will not stand for a weak CEO. That's right. Yeah. Like and that. if that is not mm-hmm. in a in collaboration and, and in partnership where that then you're going to lose people yes and i think that it's not just the role of the of the board to you know you hear most often people Mm -hmm. say well the hire and fire the executive director that's their role most quoted thing you talk about boards right? yes Yes. and really yes that is a strong tenant Mm -hmm. but it's really i think nurturing a culture of growth and development yes that's really where the board needs to right. be and if you wake up as a board member and you're going into board meetings and you're reviewing minutes you're looking at the financial report you're hearing some things that are going on with the organization you have lunch and you leave mm-hmm. that's really not that's right you're not doing yourself a service as a director and you're not doing the organization a service as a director if you're not able to really live in that generative space. And if I could add to that, I just think that one of the things I've seen when trustees lack engagement, it is when we fall into that habit too where they're not being asked to be generative and not being allowed to be, uh, where they are just showing up, hearing a report and leaving. And then you end up with trustee turnover and, uh, and problems because you don't have that engagement. So yeah, we have to encourage through our boards to allow those kind of conversations to happen, to really yes. be looking like down the road, what does this look like? What are the things that we need to be preparing today so that in 10 years we're in the place we want to be? Well, and you're, you've been good at that. I mean, I've, I've watched you over the years that I've known you in the schools that I've seen you in and what that does. And that builds a lot of excitement from mm-hmm. the staff level to the board level. Absolutely. When you have a staff member that understands mm-hmm. what the role of governance is right. with the board, 
then you're able to mm-hmm. often lead them as well, yes. you know, and, and assist them in a matter of speaking. Mm-hmm. And that's important, you know, mm-hmm. because you yep. give you give that opportunity to um, to to really uh, help that. And, and I think another way that happens is you know, kind of fusion of, of ideas for aspirational goals. Yes. You know, I think that also is another tenet. Mm-hmm. And I believe in again what that looks like you know how, how, how do you define that that's a board role yeah would yeah. you agree oh absolutely I mean I, I like the way you, you phrase that because to me many organizations don't lack ideas they yes. lack the ability to like you say to fuse those together into something that we can all go together on and have an aspirational goal together, together. Right? and so many organizations suffer from a, a, a litany of ideas but a lack of this goal or aspirational focus. And so I think that's a huge thing for you to work on boards with is to help them understand how do you take all the calls you get or all the ideas you have at dinner parties from everybody and bring them around to being together on that one aspirational goal the organization has. And I've seen you talk about your cocktail party conversations. (laughs) And I think that's a, it's it's an important thing that boards need to understand that that's, that is part of their role though when they're in a, conversation to be able to take someone's idea and to help them see how their idea could be part of a, an aspiration that already exists. Absolutely. It, it's, a, it's very, very much that when you can be, when you can work in a cohesive unit mm-hmm. and you'll move the organization forward and, and you'll spend less time getting moving forward if you have an aspirational goals that, that are, that are collective mm-hmm. rather than competing. That's right. And yeah. I, that is that is a, a really a, another strong tenant under the generative mm-hmm. section, and you know there, there's a lot. I mean, we, we could talk for uh, you know I mean in, until dark I guess yeah. about how boards and governance because when you when you break down these areas in fiduciary and strategic and generative, you know there are each there are are you know criteria that can be built around each of those mm-hmm. for boards. You know, what, what board's member's responsibility document do you have? Yes. I mean, let's look at really specific things, right? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what does it mean to be the chair of the treasurer committee? What are my roles and expectations? Right. You know, there there's a lot of people, I work with organizations, and I'll ask a series of questions as mm-hmm. kind of onboarding if I'm gonna work with your organization. Tell me where you are. It's really yeah, yeah, a yeah. development audit right. or it's a governance audit, yes, right? Yes. And I'll say, okay, so tell me where you are. What's your budget? What's your annual fund look like? What are these series of questions? And I can tell by their answers mm-hmm. whether or not any of those things in any of the arenas necessarily are in place. Yeah. When it comes to governance, it's you really wanna know, do they understand? Right. You know, what, what is the job description? Mm-hmm. I'll say, are, do you have a, a simple question? Are all your board giving a hundred percent? And they, some of them look at me and laugh. You know, it'll yeah. be a, either a chair or, or an executive yeah. director, and they'll laugh and they'll say no. And I said, well, you know, one of the one of the things when you apply to a family foundation, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have a hundred percent people giving to you that are directors of your yes. board that are supposed to be fiduciary responsibilities, strategic and generative, and they're the not giving you, why? If I'm a trustee, a fund, foundation right. trustee, why do I want to give you money That's if right. your own group isn't going to support you? That's right. So just yeah. the understanding, helping yeah. them understand. Well, well and what I, I love that I've heard you say it several times is that when you work with groups, whether it's through the strategic planning or deep diving into one of the arenas, that 
that you're not there to tell them the answers, but you're there to help them ask the Correct. questions and help them answer the questions for themselves. And at the end of the day, that's what all of us that are working in nonprofits want to do, want to do. We we want to be able to to know what are those questions that really help us get to the answer, to help us be effective, and to do our mission well. Not to have somebody come in and just tell us what they think, right? No. But to help me and our organization know how to ask better questions. So I, I love how you go about that process, again, through strategic planning, but also in your deep dives with the, each of the arenas themselves. Thank you, and that is important. And one of the other services that I offer and, and do for organizations and their leadership, key leadership is executive coaching. Mm-hmm. And so many times in executive coaching, how I've like to do it yeah. is to really help them ask questions. That's right. I'm not going in there to tell them this is what you need to do and That's here's right. your checklist and if you do this we're going to move to the next level, right? right. You're going to be you're going to can check this off your list. That's that's, right. that's not growth. Yes. You know, but helping them identify the questions in yes. any scenario in mm-hmm. personal growth, professional growth, what whatever you're looking at is simply awareness. Mm-hmm. That's 75 to 85 percent right of making change yeah affecting change and getting results that you want yes and most people when they hire a consultant hire a development director hire a a ceo Mm -hmm. they're looking for results yes in in any of those capacities and that's what Mm -hmm. we are after we're after better results and better you know better organizations right and that's that then what that ultimately does if your governance is in place what that does is it moves your mission forward it moves your vision forward Mm -hmm. and your organization is then doing what you set out to do and not mired in right in in the complications that can arise from it right yeah absolutely well um again i'm excited to to be part of this podcast to, to get to be part of this conversation, but I also know that these are really short uh, explanations for this uh, really cool uh, program you have with the seven arenas of infinite possibilities. And I just want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you because Thank they you. may be sitting here taking notes and they're like, <laughs> man, this is great, but what do we need now? Right? And so how do they engage with you? How do they contact you to maybe get deeper dives going for their organization? Well, I would love uh, to provide that information to you and would love to assist groups. So my office telephone line mm-hmm. is uh, area code 903-939-3186. Okay. Uh, again, 903-939-3186 is my office line. And then my email address is patrick at willistyler.com. Uh, again, Patrick at WillisTyler.com. We're we're headquartered in Tyler, but we've worked in uh, regionally East Texas, the Dallas Fort Worth area, and in other states. So it's we're not mm-hmm. limited to to Tyler. It's just that's where uh, we are. Our office is headquartered at this point. And then my website is WillisTyler.com, which gives a breadth of information, a lot of mm-hmm. of those. Um, questions that you might have and some past experiences that I've, I've been through with clients and perfect. some testimonials of people I've worked with in the past. That's perfect. Well, I hope that if you're listening to the podcast, one, that you will subscribe, 
like or whatever it is your platform allows you to do so you can be alerted when the next podcast come out because we will continue to do these on a uh, monthly or so basis and uh, but also reach out to Patrick if you have questions and uh, and really use his experience use his expertise to help your organization go to your infinite possibilities so and, and I appreciate that very much because um, the the podcast that we did before it's the fundraising is on yes. my consulting pay, uh, Facebook page yeah it's there it's also on several platforms I think we're, we're getting them yes. located on, Everywhere, on yeah. the, the, the podcast platforms, yes. platforms. but uh, Patrick Willis uh, Strategic Consulting has a Facebook page and those mm-hmm. these are posted there you can scroll through and listen to the first one and then obviously we're going to have this That's second great. one on there on the the uh, uh, one of the arenas of the seven arenas of infinite possibilities and I will say we, we named it that because nonprofits when they function in these arenas in the most effective way, anything is infinitely possible with their growth. That's right. Their growth with, with what they want to see done, moving their mission forward. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the stories that are told by the lives that are changed, by the organizations that are served in the mm-hmm. nonprofit community, that's why we do this. That's, that's awesome. why I do this. Absolutely. That's so. fantastic. Well, thank you again, Patrick. I know you have a lot going on. You have several events, so thanks for taking the time today. Um, we will be back soon, so please, again, like or subscribe, and uh, look forward to hearing about your infinite possibilities in the future. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.